Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's up? Um, just another week. Hopefully, not another loss. Yeah, we'll see. It's <laughs> been a uh, obviously a uh, a long season so far, and. Uh, this, yeah. These last few weeks in particular have, have been pretty long uh, going back, obviously, to the, the final day of September where Miami uh, misses a field goal at the buzzer against Virginia, get a bye week. Miami gets a chance to regroup. Uh, they come out really flat on Saturday against North Carolina. Really ugly start. But it was it was really almost the exact like literally basically the exact same script script as the Virginia game. Awful first half for the offense. Gets going in the second half. Nearly puts together a pretty incredible comeback in a game they had basically no business being in at halftime. Um, puts right. together a good final drive, get down into the, the red zone two weeks or whatever. Two games ago, it was a, a missed field goal, as I mentioned, on Saturday. It was an interception tipped at the line of scrimmage, eventually brought in by North Carolina. Right. Um, it's kind of hard to like. It's hard to believe the way those these last two games have gone. Um, it feels like basically since the start of the Mark Richt era, this team has been defined by games, close games, right? Even even the good seasons last year with the crazy comeback against NC State. Um, you know, I think they had a close win against Virginia, right? Um, maybe another. They had a couple of close like one score games. Even in the even in the even in the bowl game, right? They came back. Yeah, even against Oklahoma State. Obviously, in the uh, the Orange Bowl season, that was all about the close wins. You know, the Daryl Langham touchdown and and Tallahassee. True. Um, the you know they had to, I think comebacks against Georgia Tech that year. Um, obviously, the loss to, to Pitt to end the year was close too. Um, so this team has been really skating on that thin margin all year, all not all year for half a century, basically. Right now. <laughs> or half a sorry, half a decade right now. Um, feels like half a century the last five years, but uh, it's obviously it's kind of one of those situations where it has it has spiraled out of control for Miami, kind of like it did in Mark Rick's last season. Uh, every week it seems like something we add something new and ugly to the ledger, whether it's uh, a frustrating way to lose, like they did against Virginia and North Carolina, or it's injuries piling up as they did again. Saturday, when Cam Harris goes down with a season-ending knee injury. Now, Andres Borregalis uh, missed practice on Tuesday uh, with some sort of illness. Obviously, we've heard about this uh, bug going around campus. Uh, not sure about his availability for Saturday as of now. Right now, I'm sure they don't even know, and he doesn't even know probably. Um, but yeah, it's 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 gotten uh, it, it feels like it gets worse every week, even though Miami, as we talked about, uh, you know, we were obviously on the road together in, in North Carolina. We were talking about it. It was like there, there are real reasons to like feel good about, you know, Tyler Van Dyke and, and the way the offense played in the second half. But it's always like three steps back, then one step forward, then three steps back. And, and, and that's just kind of where we're at right now, I think, with this team. Exactly. We're, we're, we're quite a few steps back. And the, it's like the steps three steps back. Three and steps the steps forward are not big enough. Two steps forward. You know, they just can't they can't do it all the way. And yeah, um last year last week, um 
It's like just another strange comeback, weird, as you would say, kind of weirdly, what, what uplifting, or I don't know what it was, but uh, weirdly positive. I don't know, but they couldn't, they couldn't do it all the way. And um, uh, just like, it was a very strange feeling because even in the press box, you know, the first half we, we, we were sure UM, you know, it was just like, ugh. Just everything's horrible. It was so much like the Virginia game where at halftime we're like, yeah. is this it? This is it. You know, start writing. And then and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, my God, they might win. Right. They might win. And then um, and everybody in the press. Box, I mean, all the writers from both sides were kind of just quiet at the end. Like, wow, that was a pretty good game, yeah. um, which is kind of weird. Right. It is weird. Um, but you know, in the long run and, and in the long run, they lost. So in the end, as I say, they lost. So I don't, and, and, and this game coming up, I just looked, they were, they started out as like a two or two and a half, depending on what you're looking at a uh, point underdog Miami against North Carolina state. And, uh, and I just looked and now they're five and a half point underdog. I mean, which I, that seems more realistic. Um, North Carolina State has one of the best defenses in the nation. They're ranked 18th. They're five and one. And they're two and zero oh in the ACC. Um, and yeah, it's going to be tough for Tyler Van Dyke and the offense. Yeah, NC State. Um, you know, really strong case to be made. They're the best team in the ACC right now. Um, they have played two not particularly good defenses the last two games. Um, and again, it's been mixed results for Tyler Van Dyke. I don't think you're coming out of those, those two games feeling like he's the quarterback of the future, but you're also not feeling like he's a lost cause. Um, obviously only two, you know, he started against central Connecticut state, but as we've said a lot, you throw that game out basically, um, you know, he's, he finally got some, some help, I think on, on Saturday, right. In, you know, really in the form of, Jalen Knighton, and I want to say the run game in general, because I, I know Knighton's people are going to look at that and say, ah, oh, Knighton, well, once he got in, it flipped. But Cam Harris had a 20-some yard run on the first play of the half, and he got hurt. Like, clearly the, right. the, the run game was about to get going, just like it kind of did in the yeah. second half against Virginia. Um, but, you know, and actually I think that was one of the best games the line probably played all year, just in terms of protecting him. So he, he got some help, and – he made some things happen. I mean, they scored 42 points. Obviously, seven came on a, on a pick six by Jafari Harvey, but still, you know, a pretty, that's, yeah, pretty that's, good that's, offensive performance for a guy making yeah. his first road start, really his, just his second real start. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, again, it's like that's nice. It's it's kind of – right, it's what we're saying. It's like you, you can find the individual things to look at and be like, oh, that's that's good. Maybe he can be – a pretty solid quarterback for them next year going forward. But, you know, he's 0-2 against FBS opponents and has his toughest game coming up now. So we're, we're looking 2-4, and I don't think anyone would be surprised if this is 2-6 and six in, in two weeks from now. Yeah, I I totally won't be surprised. I mean, now it's, it's being surprised if Miami wins. So um, – yeah. Oh my God. I hate doing all these, these downer kind of podcasts, but it's hard to, it's hard, you know, to think of, think of 
uplifting things. Well, yeah. we'll try to do that in the second half here. I think we're going to, it's okay. obviously mid season. So we'll do kind of like a season and review. I've got a little structure thought up, um, but I guess before we, before we head into that, um, any kind of final thoughts on North Carolina going into NC state and anything, uh, anything we didn't get to from that game, obviously it was, it was a, a wild game. So there were a lot of, a lot of topics and some of that obviously we'll hit on uh, when we do mid-season review type stuff. But uh, what else kind of stood out to you from, from the trip up to North Carolina? Um, I mean, I obviously Tyler Van Dyke not being accurate. Yeah. That to me, uh, you know, you know, he said, he, you know, Manny Diaz was talking about him letting it loose, you know, and, and winging ball or wh- however he described it. Um, and I, and Tyler was saying he was tight, but let me tell, as you saw, he, there were some, you know, major overthrows. Yeah. Um, Tyler Van Dyke has, has a good arm, but a good arm doesn't mean anything if you can't hit your targets. And I, I don't know how many more games he, he can be nervous and this team can survive it. Well, they uh, haven't survived it. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't say that correctly, but <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think that's the thing that I think coming out of these, like I said, you don't know if he's your quarterback of the future yet. You don't know if he's a lost cause yet. Um, but I think the things coming out of these, these first two starts for him and, and I think, I don't know. Let's let's see. Maybe maybe next week we'll do like a big. Well, obviously, always depends how the game goes. But at some point, we should just kind of do like a full deep dive on on Tyler Van Dyke, what we've seen so far. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe get some expert opinion or something like that. But uh, to me, the things that the one thing I think coming out of these two starts is he's he has an identity, and that's a question I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose when when we get to the second half of this episode. Is this team's identity? But he has an identity, right? He's, he's inaccurate, as you mentioned. Um, you know, missed a couple, really, especially early in the game, missed a couple big throws, including on the flea flicker on the first play of the game where they could have had like a 30, 40-yard gain and he just missed uh, Keyshawn Smith running open. Um, so he's inaccurate. That, that's, that's definitely true. That's obviously something guys get better with as they get older. Uh, but he has a big arm, as you touched on. I think, I think that would have – when he – was getting recruited that was like the thing that was like he had a mom he's got obviously the the size and the frame that you look for but he also has that arm strain um and i think you know he didn't really hit on any deep i think he only had one pass longer than 25 yards i want to say on saturday i had it in i wrote a story off that game and and had that stat in there so who you you can double check it if, if you're listening and want to know but he didn't hit it on any deep throws, but he did get four pass interference calls. Um, and that's true. And uh, I think one of those was in the red zone. So not exactly the same, but the other ones, those are like deep shots. And when you take deep shots, you get those calls. I mean, you see it, it's obviously more valuable in the NFL where you can chuck the ball 35 yards down the field and get a 35 yard penalty um, as you probably happens probably too frequently in the NFL. Um, but it's, He's, he legitimately does stretch the defense in a way that I don't think Derek did. Obviously, Derek has plenty of other strengths that uh, Tyler doesn't have. But he's got an identity with that, the willingness to take shots. And then, obviously, the scrambling is uh, 
it's, it's something, right? He's, he moves pretty well in the pocket. I, I think that surprised, surprised everyone uh, from the outside, at least. And, uh, you know, he's got that, like, toughness. He's clearly got some of the intangible type stuff. Um, so I, there, there's definitely a lot to work with there. But, but as you mentioned, he's, you know, he's 0-2 against FBS opponents. And, like I said, has his hardest game coming up. So uh, and, he, and he had three interceptions against yeah. North Carolina. I mean, I, the, the last one was on the last play. Uh, or, yeah. And, and the two, the first, you know, the third one was a tipped ball, which obviously, like, he, you know, He's got to get it up higher, especially when he's a guy that big. But the first two were were not good plays at all. Um, you know, once throwing so, in traffic and he said uh, throwing a fastball into traffic on an RPO, right? And bouncing around and getting picked off. And the other one, he just totally. I mean, it looked like at least did not see the safety and, and got picked off. Um, yeah. So. so you love you love his, like you said, you love his size. You love his size. You love his arm strength. You love his moxie, his chutzpah. His chutzpah. Hey, big, big, yeah, big, big. Uh, mm. he, he just has a, he's not scared. Yeah, I mean, he's going on those, on fourth and nine, he's getting every, getting 10 yards exactly. Like he's, he's always throwing his shoulder forward. And I like that. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of heart. He's courageous kind of thing. Um, I, I like that he gets the, you know, the pass interference calls. You just, you don't want him throwing picks. Yeah. You know, that's the thing when you're, when you're heaving those balls up, that's all. So yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, if he, if he were more accurate, I'd feel better, but it just feels like he, he wings the ball. Like he really throws it and he, I like his heart, but uh, he's, he's got to get completions. I don't know yeah. how else to say it. Yeah, yeah, he was really, really good in the third quarter um, on Saturday. In the fourth quarter, he was pretty good, too, although I think he had a less than 50% completion percentage in that quarter. But that was when he really got the run, the scramble going and, and that kind of stuff, which obviously was really valuable to them down the stretch. But, uh, you know, he has his moments, right? He's been good. I think if you combined his two second halves and made that one game, you'd be pretty happy with him. If you combined his two first halves and made that one game, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, well, what's up with Peyton Matoka? Can we see him? Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's, it, this, this feels like these next two weeks and uh, two of the toughest games, he's going to have the rest of the way here um, against a ranked North Carolina state team on Saturday and then go up to Pitt the next weekend. We don't know what that weather is going to be like, although he's a Northeast guy. So uh, used to play in the cold a little bit more than, than some, than some of these other guys. Uh, but that's going to be, you know, Feels like you could, I don't want to say make or break for him because he's obviously next year. It's probably going to be an open competition with him and Jake Garcia, but this is going to be a chance, I think, these next couple of weeks for us to like really kind of figure out what Miami has in Tyler Van Dyke or at least what he is right now. If he's a guy who can get this team uh, to a bowl game and maybe more, or if he's a guy who's uh, just kind of shepherding us to a, a, a frustrating finish here in Coral Gables. Well, if he gets the team to a bowl game, They've finished the, the season pretty well, and they have to win their last four of six to get to a bowl game. Yeah. Right now, it just mm, doesn't seem promising. But uh, I I was talking about this to somebody um, just, just earlier today about how, you know, I think it's better to have the team facing – it's better to have the Hurricanes facing a good team and a ranked team. I'm not saying Alabama, but North Carolina State. Uh, because if you beat that team, that's really good. 
Okay, that's re that really puts you on a positive, uh, you know, on an uh, upward uh, trajectory. And um, but if it's a team that has, you know, that's kind of not so good, people say, ah, they're not good anyway. Whatever. I, I think it's better that they're playing a better team personally. Yeah, and especially when all these teams are pretty much the same ish, right? Like, there's not a like you said, if they played Alabama, then they're just screwed. Um, and if they yeah. played like. Central Connecticut State, then yeah, they're in good shape. But all these ACC teams are kind of the same, so I kind of, I kind of agree with you. It seems like this Miami team is going to, like every game they play the rest of the way, it feels like is going to be at this point. I mean, again, maybe, maybe it all falls apart at some point here, uh, but it feels like every game they're going to play is going to be within like ten points the rest of the way here. Kind of, yeah, and I, I think Pittsburgh is going to. We, we have to see what happens this week, but Pittsburgh's yeah. a big challenge. Uh, with Kenny Pickett um, with one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, I guess. And uh, Hey, Clemson is, uh, is not favored. Clemson's an underdog against Pitt. Yeah. So, um, and, but thankfully the game's at noon, right, David? <laughs> yes. The noon game. It'll be Pitt. a little warmer. It, it will be, it will be. Yeah. When the game ends, it'll be three o'clock or whatever, or four o'clock. It'll, it'll be, it'll be warmer. And then, you know, then, then the temperatures will really drop. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. So let's take a quick break and then we'll uh, come back and do our kind of mid season in review. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we are back. Um... Normally, uh, you know, I think when we did this last year, we kind of, it was obviously a, a pretty good season, uh, right? I think I had one loss at this point, maybe that was it. Um, and we kind of did like awards, right? We like went through and we're like, all right, who's, who's been the MVP so far? Who's been whatever this, whatever that. Uh, to me, the, the storyline with this team is we are halfway done with this season. It was something we kind of talked about uh, again over the weekend. And it still feels like there's like, so much we do not know about this team and like really simple things kind of like who is their best player right now? Like, you know, normally things like that, like are pretty easy to answer. Um, and it just feels like, you know, obviously the injuries have contributed a lot to that, you know, in a normal world, Derek King would be like kind of the no brainer answer to a lot of these, um, you know, even Cam Harris and Don Chaney, maybe, uh, you know, on defense, I think that you know, Keontra Smith, looks like if he was in there every day, we'd maybe be talking about him as the best guy on this defense or defensive MVP so far. Um, but because between all that and just the fact that this team is so Jekyll and Hyde, even within the course of individual games, 
it feels like there's so little that we can like pinpoint about this team. Um, so let's try to answer some of these unanswerable or at least unanswered <laughs> questions as we okay. go into the second half of the year here. I guess, first of all, like, how would you describe this team's identity? Like if someone was like, right. uh, if someone who'd never watched Miami or if someone had like kind of a vague idea of what Miami, like, let's say, let's say Miami was about to play uh, Arkansas this weekend. And so they kind of know what's up with Miami. They know Derek is hurt. They know it's been a frustrating year. And an Arkansas beat writer reached out to you and was like, so what's up with this team? Like, how would, how would you describe what this team, how this team plays, what they look like, what they do, what they do well? How would you describe the identity, I guess, for lack of a better word, of this Miami team? Um, well, I would say a, a second half team. I mean, I am going yeah. Second, I am going by the I, they're fighters. Okay, first thing I would say is they they battle, they do battle, uh, they do still have heart right now. They they do badly, uh, they don't give up. They fight to the end, but they, they're so slow at starting. Slow starters, they fight at the end, but you know they 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 the offense has been very disappointing. Um, first, right, the first half of the season, yeah. even even with the Eric, even with the Eric, who I know, if the Eric had come back without without having torn his ACL and you know his meniscus, I I think it would be a totally different story this season, hundred percent different. But he even came back and and was his arm. I don't know his arm, maybe because of his shoulder, didn't seem as good and um. I, I, so I would say this is a slow, very slow first half team. I'm, I'm not even going to, the Connecticut state was kind of a outlier or I, yeah, you, you throw that game out. Right. I mean, um, even the Appalachian state game, right. They had a, they had a comeback at the end kind of, um, yeah. So I would say very slow starters. Like they, they were a lot of last year and, um, and trying like hell at the end, uh, sticking together as far as fighting, wanting to win so badly, you could you could see it, you could feel it. Um, but that's kind of that's the that's the major thing that's that sticks out to me right now. And and the I mean that's the identity that sticks out right. to me. Yeah, I think I would say they're kind of a plotting offensive team that can get. It seems it does still like yeah I know there are still like moments where they get the tempo going and like, it looks pretty good. Um, but the problem is that the offense just like cannot execute at that level very often. Uh, you know, even when Derek was in there. So you end up like, they just have not last year. They, they kind of put together explosive plays and they just really have not had that at all this year. It feels like every pass is a every completion is like a seven yard completion and every, every run is a three yard run. Um, you know, they, they have not run the ball well at all this year, and they've not thrown it for, for chunk plays, I think is how I would describe this offense. It's an offense that would love to go fast, but has not been able to. Um, and, and David, and David, also the other, the other part of that, everything you're saying is true, and what I said I think is true, but when they do, another part of, of, of describing this team's identity, and, and we, we're used to it now, when they do finally score, the other team comes right back, yeah. not even slowly, not plotting. I mean, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. As soon as UM scores, 
it's so demoralizing, right? The other team just boom scores fast. So I think that's another identity. Yeah. Well, defensively, I think it's even harder to like kind of pinpoint things they do well, <laughs> right? Like they're leading sack. They have, they have a couple guys with two and a half sacks. That's it. I think it's Harvey and, and, uh, chance each have two and a half sacks to lead the team um you know they've not they've i think they've actually been decent in the tackle for loss category um manny diaz defenses always are but they do not have that normal like that great defensive line that they're that the manny diaz teams typically have obviously right. the linebackers are a mess I, I think the one thing you can kind of point to that they do okay defensively is uh, i think tyreek stevenson has been really good um mm-hmm. so that's nice i guess and you know, yeah. I know Bubba Bolden is we were talking about this day with Manny Diaz, uh, recording this on Wednesday. He is not great out well about like PFF and all that stuff, but they still clearly trust him a lot. He's playing more snaps than anyone on defense. So I, I think they have some guys in the secondary, but for the most part, this defense just does not do anything well. Um, occasionally they, it seems like they should, you know, they've got, they've got some high, t- uh, high upside guys, right? Like, Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the freshman James Williams and Leonard Taylor in particular. Uh, Chance Williams, too. Or, sorry, uh, Cam Kinchins, too. Chance Williams. Like, they've got these young guys who all flash and can kill a drive, right? Like, they I think they had three three and outs in the second half on Saturday. Like, they, they can put together these awesome sequences where these young guys each come through with a play. But they're just – they really don't do a whole lot well on a consistent basis, at least on defense. I think the identity there is they've got some interesting young guys, but they can only do so much. For, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And they have some guys that you see that are getting better the more they play like Jafari Harvey. But yeah. um, no, I 100% agree with that. They're just not a great team right now. I That's an understatement. Yeah. Um, so the other like question, the, the other one I mentioned is I, I can't even tell you who this team's best player is. Um, I know it's crazy. I was, I know. I put this question on the outline that we have who has been the best player on each side of the ball. And I don't know. Do you come up with a couple answers? No, I mean, you're going to laugh, but like I, 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 the players I'm impressed with are the young kids. Yeah. Right. They're the ones who definitely pop the most. Well, I, 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 okay. So Keontra Smith, I, I, I understand he's been injured. He just got in again, but he's definitely a bright spot. Yes. It does not feel like he makes a lot of mistakes. Okay. We don't know that for sure, but like it very rarely feels like he's the guy missing the tackle or, or, you know, he's, right. he just seems to always be doing the right thing. And he also had two sacks, two sacks. He saw yeah. at two sacks last game. Yep. And, it, and, and, and he came in, he came back a little earlier than we thought he might. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Maybe a week earlier with this neat, a knee, right? Knee injury he had. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Counter has been at James Williams. Love James Williams. Yeah, I tweeted during the game that I think he might be their best player. And then that was before he had a couple of terrible penalties that, that really cost Miami 10 points, basic or 11 points, basically. But still, he is the guy, like, he's just always around the ball. And that's what you he want. He has such heart. He's, he's, a, he's like a real cane. I mean, he, he really fights. Uh, he's really talented. Um, they, they just gotta they've gotta calm him down he's um, he's very emotional and um it, it, you know overly overly emotional he's got to learn because those yeah. things kill you those things those pen those 
personal fouls and, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct and things and, and rough and roughing what the kicker and things like that. I mean, they, they're, they could be, they could kill you for the game. They could make the difference in winning and losing. So he's got to learn that if he can learn that, I mean, he's so good. He's so yeah. big. You just notice him. Um, yeah. I, I there's, but you're right, David. Who's I mean, I was looking at offense. Cam Kinch yeah. also is really good. Yeah, I, I think on defense, I don't know. I, I think Keontra is a good pick, but again, like you said, has not played a ton um, because of the right. injury. Maybe Jafari, right? Two and a half sacks. I put, had yeah, to I put six. Jafari too. Yep. Had to pick six on Saturday. First defensive touchdown since 2018. Like, I, I don't know how he grades out on a play-to-play basis, but he has made right. as many – he and Chance Williams feel like they've made as many like game-changing plays as anyone. I know they're not necessarily playing as much as, especially Chance is, I think, fourth in the rotation. But right, it seems like, you know, defensive ends kind of the most important position on defense, and it feels like Jafari is the most the best guy they have there. Tyreek also just worth mentioning. Um, again, yeah. he's he's been, he's the best like no lock, shut down cornerback they've had in a while. Um, but that only takes you so far. Hey. On Did offense, yeah. What I don't, okay. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I didn't write anybody down. Yeah, like Cam Harris was actually quietly have has some pretty good numbers this year. Obviously, he's done for the year, um, averaging close to was averaging six close to six yards a carry. But the offense, but the run game was just so inconsistent. Yeah, and Cam and Cam's inconsistent. Yeah, both. I agree with you. I looked at his stats. I was kind of surprised how good his numbers were. Yeah, Not that they were like incredible, but like. He was on pace for basically a 1,000 yard season before he got hurt. Um, you know, if he finishes that game, probably gets close to 500 yards. Close. On he, yeah. yeah, exactly. The thing with Cam is you never feel like he's going north and south. Yeah. You know, he's always like moving around and going back a little bit and hesitating. You like guys that go, but then you look at his stats. And they were they were they were good. I Cam and I think last year too. He 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 would have a lot of big runs. Right. Yeah. He's explosive. He's like a home run hitter, kind of. Right. Like he's. A, I've always said Cam would be a great number two back. Um, I don't right. know if he's ever been quite up to being the number one guy, but I've always thought he'd be a really nice number two. The quarterbacks. I mean, Derek threw more interceptions and touchdowns before he got hurt. Um, as you mentioned, Tyler's uh, been really up and down. Um, Charleston Rambos had a really nice year. Uh, the, oh, yes. He's probably yes, the answer, I think. Yes, uh, yes, thank you. I, I, I did. I, that's funny. I put a line through Charleston. Only, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, only two touchdowns, but up over 400 yards. Um, yep. And, you know, doing that for a, a pretty shaky offense, he's been a nice bright spot. Also, uh, I saw this, uh, that, that Jared Williams is their highest graded offensive player on PFF this year. Um, so, you know, the offensive line has been a major issue, but it seems like it's gotten better since he's come in at right tackle and, and started to stabilize things a little bit. So, and, and they've had the same line for how many? Eight, three? I think this is the third straight game. And, and like I said, I don't know yeah. what, like, all the grades said, but it felt like it was the best game they that line the line has played. Maybe all year, um, you know, Ty- until the last drive when Tyler had to make some guys miss, um, it really felt like he had time to make his throws. Um, but of, of course, I don't know how the defense is playing them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, who would you guess like is going to wind up as this team's MVP? Oh my god, I um, maybe 
Uh, kind of depends how they finish, right? Like if they be, make a bowl game, it's probably Tyler be, Van Dyke, right? It's because he figures yeah. it out. Well, maybe, yeah, it could be him, Rambo. It could be, it could be. Yeah, Jay- Rambo's another good pick. A guy who could, could get be Jalen Knighton. Yep, yeah, Jalen Knighton. You know, maybe, maybe Andy Borgales kicks that, <laughs> the 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 winning kick to get them into a bowl game or there something. There we go. Yeah. So I, I mean, he's been really good too. I know he's. I know. I know. I know he's missed the thirty. He's really good for a freshman, I would say. Yeah, I always kick. He's. I think he's he, hit over fifty, but he's also missed a couple short ones. Like he's he's been a yeah. a good freshman kicker, right? Like the the nice yeah. thing about him is if you get to the uh, the forty yard line, you feel like you could try it, right? If you get to the other team's forty yard line, you feel like there's a very, very a nice decent, thing. You feel like there's a pretty decent chance you're going to come away with points. Uh, but of course, yeah. a freshman kicker, and you know he's like I said, he's missed some short ones. So uh, he's a weapon, yeah. right? He's a weapon because he can kick from long. But he's also he's a freshman. So oh, it's um, for eleven field goals, I, I yeah, he does kick long ones. He's I hope he's okay. I mean, he's he's today. Well, today's Wednesday. We said uh, we, we were supposed to get him for the second day in a row. We were to get him on Zoom. Yeah. Well, yesterday we were supposed to get him in person. And yesterday UM said that he was feeling under the weather, but he def- he would definitely, you know, he would be back today or whatever. And today they scheduled him uh, for Zoom. And <laughs> he, again, wasn't here. And Manny Diaz, of course, mentioned there's the, the flu around campus is still going around. So that's, I'm telling you, if, if Borgales is not there on Saturday against North Carolina State, that's bad. Yes. That's yeah, my opinion. Uh, that's bad. That happens. You're not trying many field goals longer than 30 yards. So, uh, yeah. and or extra point. You, you got to hope they can kick the extra points. I yeah. mean, it's really, yeah. Uh, we touched on this at the top uh, when we were talking about the, the best guys on the team, but obviously the freshmen have been just a massive story. This is not necessarily an unanswerable question because I think they've all been, there have been enough there to feel good about this freshman class. Which one? Let's let's each pick like one on each side of the ball. Who's been most impressive to you? Um, well, defense defense is really there's three guys, right? It's it's James, James Cameron, Williams, and Cam Leonard Cam Taylor, Kinches. who's coming on strong. Oh, and Leonard, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Williams, Leonard Taylor, and Camp Kinchins, I think. Yeah, are my three freshmen. Yeah, I mean, I think out of those three, James has probably been the most impressive. I think Leonard Taylor. By the end of the year, we might be saying him because he's playing more and more every week. And uh, I saw he was PFF's top graded player from Saturday, actually. So, uh, you know, he's, he's trending in the right direction. But everything you said about James Williams up at the top, I agree with. He's just always around the ball. And as you said, some of that is like the heart. Some of that is just the combination of speed and size. He covers so much of the field um, right. so quickly. And, you know, I know those three penalties he had were, were pretty ugly, right? The, especially the the roughing the kicker uh, right after he made a great play to snuff out of the green coming like way from across the field. Right. Um, and then he obviously had the bad missed tackle on Hal's scramble where he tries to throw the shoulder into him. Um, so you clean that up and you're looking at a first round pick. No question, basically. Um, yep. uh, but he's got to clean that up. But so far I think he's been the guy uh, on offense. I, my um, guy, <sighs> I I would say I, I I can't see say Jake Garcia you know because he played against yeah. Connecticut State 
So I'm taking him out of the equation. Okay. I think maybe Cody Brown. I, I don't know. Like he, yeah, I guess, and this is just talking, I guess, true freshmen, because we could have also mentioned guys like Chance Williams on defense no, and stuff like no, that. No, I'm not just, talking yeah. about, not second year. We're talking about true right, freshmen. Yeah, just true freshmen. Cody, um, Cody Brown's uh, played in every game. He's, okay, so he has 80 yards, and he's only run it 16 times. Um, he's only lost two yards in that. He's averaging five yards a carry, and he has three touchdowns. And, and actually, he has the second most touchdowns on the team after cam harris yeah i think two were against uh central connecticut right so but still Uh, like uh, uh, okay yeah all right i all right well let me i'm looking at the (laughs) hold on a second i'm looking at the other freshmen and i know we had the great incredible catch by was it who was it which uh romello brinson romello right yeah I mean, Romello has, you know, Romello has the one touchdown and five catches for 58 yards. I mean, yeah, I think Cody Brown might be the right answer. And it seems like, you know, he's going to have to be the number two running back the rest of the way here. So he's a pretty good candidate to, and he's a, they clearly like him as a goal line back too, right? Especially with, you know, Jalen Knighton's good, but he's a little small and Cody Brown's his big, thick bowling ball, like running back. And uh, you're right. I think he's going to maybe pile up some touchdowns in the second half here. Um, Romello Brinson, I think is worth mentioning, as you mentioned, the great touchdown catch, obviously Burchard Smith also, they've tried to find ways to get him involved. How about, you, how about Jacoby George? That was the last one I was going to throw out. Cause he was awesome as a punt returner on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. He has four punt returns for 42 yards. Yeah. So he's, he's another guy who by the end of the year, we might be talking about him as the best offensive freshman because of what he's doing on special I teams. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That could be a really, really big difference if if he can give them some good field position, that would be huge. Yeah, especially the, the return game has been a real big issue for them for the last couple of years. All right, um, let's finish here. Um, try to be positive. Uh, <laughs> do you have like a positive, I don't know, just what's a positive storyline, a positive development, a positive story that, that you uh, can propel this team into the second half? Well, Whether it's a player doing something or. Yeah, I think Jafari Harvey's pick six. Yeah. Um, was a positive development. I, you know, I think you get something like that and you get hungrier. Yeah. It's contagious. I mean, I, you know, do it or put it this way. He's, he's sure going to be thinking about it more, whatever he has to do. Um, You know, and I, yeah, the the one I'd mentioned is is Jalen Knight and who you kind of mentioned, Um, but obviously he was awesome in the second half against North Carolina um, missed the first couple game, first four games, right. With the suspension was coming off an injury, right. He was hurt at the end of last year. Um, now he's going to be the number one running back, uh, after injuries to Don Chaney and Cam Harris. And, uh, you know, it's a big opportunity for him to finish the year strong. And, um, after, you know, it had probably been a really frustrating last 12 months for him, uh, a chance to, to be the guy and, you know, Maybe by the end of the year, we're talking about him as the MVP of this offense because he looked really good in that North Carolina game. And his speed is, is game changing in a way that, you know, I know Cam's got really good speed and, and Cheney's got some speed too. But, but Knight and the Rooster is a that, that's game changing speed at the running back spot. I think so. And I think Rhett Lashley is going to game plan around him. Yeah. Remember, he scored some big touchdowns last year, like on design, 
plays, like where they would like throw to him in the middle of the field. Like they 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 love they love his speed, his receiving ability, and, and the way they can use that to be more than just a guy you hand the ball to. I think they're gonna throw some screens or some short passes to him. And and because he seems to have a really nice fluid uh style, right? That he he can just he goes north south and and that he's uh, I think, yeah, I think that's what we're, that's maybe we'll see that this game. And I think, you know, this game, they're going to be home. So as far as the, uh, you know, the noise factor, you know what I'm saying? Well, it, it's going to be better. Um, so I don't know how many people will actually show up to this night game, but um, it, it'll be, it'll be easier kind of for the line, for Tyler, for everybody. So, all right. I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Uh, we'll both be at hard rock stadium on Saturday night for Miami NC state. Um, and like you said, maybe Miami will finally get a win some positive signs in the second half, but uh, got to put it together for four, for four quarters. I agree. You need to put a positive headline on this one. David. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll try to come up with something. All right, good. All right, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.